Hi there, folks. Uh, this is Nick Salomon of the Bevis Rond, just having slurped down some cherry juice. How do they make that? Take out the pips, I suppose, and squash it. Anyhow, um, you're listening to 90.7 FM, WGXC, Acre, And legally, we're clear. Hooray. Have fun. WGXC welcomes audio responses from listeners. Anyone can call and leave a message with WGXC, and we'll play it on the air. Call 518-291-WGXC and leave up to a three-minute message for airplay. Hear something you disagree with? Want to speak out on an issue? Plug your band's show? Let your neighbors know something important. Call 518-291-9492 and leave a three-minute message anytime about any issue. That number again is 518-291-WGXC, 518-291-9492. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Tunstall Studio Publishing of Craryville, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners, they care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org donate and designating an amount of your choosing. Thank you for your support. You are tuned to 90.7 FM, WGXC. Like good old tap water. Just turn it on and get it. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda, a twice-monthly show where Jenny and Amanda talk about movies that they love, that they hated, or they felt meh about. But you can always count on the fact that we will have a theme for each of our shows uh, that dictated what movies we watched. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello, world. <laughs> We're it here. Is- it is a uh, cold out there. It's the winter time and I've been indoors for a long, long time. And I have that crazy cabin fever psychosis. Uh, so apologies if I say anything weird tonight. Um, but before I, <laughs> let me just say another weird thing. Let me tell you what's in the theaters. <laughs> I'm going to start um from the top of the mountain and go down, I'm going to tell you good folks out there what's playing in the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have Spider-Man No Way Home, Sing 2, and the new Scream reboot. And you can check out uh, showtimes and address and all that at WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. Uh, I'm going to tell you about the Crandall, which is in Chatham. Uh, so the Crandall has a, a large variety of things playing on all kinds of days. And you're going to have to look at their website to find out exactly <laughs> when those times are. But let me just give you a broad overview. Uh, we have Come On, Come On. We have Belfast. We have The Velvet Queen. We have Attica, Writing with Fire, Parallel Mothers, the tragedy of Macbeth, and a special screening of Goodfellas on Saturday, February 5th, which is very funny. I love it. Oh, nice. It looks like they also have a special screening, actually, of Happy Feet on Saturday, February 12th. It's very cute. I like when they do just like one day and they're like, we're just going to play this movie. I don't know who decided, but I'm happy that they do that. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's Uh, cute. I love how much 
much um, movie theater rerunning Happy Feet gets. I feel like I've known many theaters to replay Happy Feet. That's wild. I did not know that. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. That's I guess great. The kids love it. I guess um, I did see Happy Feet theaters when it came out for some reason. So it's like yeah, it's I did part too. of the experience. Probably because I'm from a small town and I didn't do anything else but yeah. um, like hang out in parking lots and go to the movie theater. Exactly. All right, folks, I'm going to tell you what is playing at Upstate Films. That's both locations, the one in Saugerties, New York, and the one in Rhinebeck, New York. So starting in Saugerties at the Orpheum Theater, we have Parallel Mothers, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Belle, and Licorice Pizza. And then at the Star Cinema in Rhinebeck, we have Flea, Parallel Mothers, Out of the Blue, the Velvet Queen, and Licorice Pizza. And you can go to upstatefilms.org to check out the dates and times of all those movies that are playing uh, throughout the week. And uh, I'm going to tell you about TSL in Hudson, our own little baby local theater. Uh, they have The Velvet Queen, Drive My Car, The Danish Collector, uh, Benedetta is still hanging in there with a couple showings, uh, and something called Introduction, which don't know what that is, so give it a look. Um, but those are at TSL, and that's timeandspace.org. Nice. We're going to stick around in Hudson because I'm going to tell you folks about what is at Spotlight Cinemas, otherwise known as the Eight Screen Cinema on Fairview Avenue in Hudson, New York. We have The King's Daughter, Scream, American Underdog, the King's Man, West Side Story, Sing to The Matrix Resurrections, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And you can go to spotlightcinemas.com to check out dates and times for those movies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of flicks out there. A lot of stuff to see. A lot of stuff. Honestly, haven't heard about a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been, um, you know, stranded, you might say, uh, in the wintertime, just trapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, Not a lot to eat. <laughs> very, very cold. Yeah, it's cold, but I, I do have a kitchen, unlike some of the unfortunate people in the movies we watched for this show. <laughs> you like that transition? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so good um our theme for tonight is winter survival movies now when i was trying to figure out what to watch and compiling my list there i tried to keep i tried to have what i ended up watching be very specifically winter survival movies because there's a lot of movies about people that just live in uh very severe climates and when you live in the Arctic Circle, living is just sur surviving. Like mm -hmm. that's a part of your daily life. And so that I didn't want to do that, you know, and there's a lot of mountain climbing ones, which totally count, which I love, but that's almost its own thing. And I don't know, Jenny, how did you fare? <laughs> you know, honestly, I felt very much the same way. For me, <clears throat> it was almost as though two paths diverged in a yellow wood <laughs> and one of them you got lost down one of them I got lost you... well one of them is the path more tread by me which is winter cannibal movies which are mm -hmm. my favorite mm -hmm. but I chose to go on the path less traveled you gave yourself a challenge. <laughs> I gave myself a challenge instead of just rewatching Ravenous four times, which is what I probably should have done. I know. I actually went the Alpine route and I did, I did mountain movies, basically. I pretty much did nice. exclusively mountain movies, nice. um, which I did enjoy, although there wasn't any cannibalism. And for me, that's a negative. So yeah. Immediate, immediate points lost. Yeah. Um, I also too, I mean, I'm not quite as passionate perchance but I also am I do lose a fair amount of interest right out of the gate if no one's eating each other out of desperation uh, yeah I mean what how else are you gonna survive and also it's so um fraught and tragic and hot to me so. <laughs> <laughs> um I know and then oh uh, there's there's also we were saying a little bit before we started 
there's a lot of really good ones that we've already seen that we could mention, but, um, you know, this show is always a little more fun for us when we watch stuff we haven't seen. And we, we always surprise each other with what we've watched. I have no idea what Jenny watched. Jenny doesn't know what I watched. Um, but things like the thing, perfect Mm -hmm. winter survival movie. Absolutely. Um, Stunning. Yeah. I think probably the quintessential one is, is maybe alive. Yeah. we both seen. <laughs> I almost rewatched Alive and then I looked at the runtime of it, which I knew in my memory was long, but it was, it's a long, it's very long. So I did yeah. not rewatch it. <laughs> it is. It's a full two hours, huh? Wow. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Alive is the 1993 adaptation of the book about the very true story of the Uruguayan rugby team that crashes in the Andes and they do have to resort to eating the dead to survive Mm -hmm. Um, it's a a really good story yeah I really I do really love that movie it's definitely worth a rewatch I should give it give it a whirl at some point um but yeah it was a it was hard to choose actually because it's yeah it's a really broad category but the really specific thing that I think you and I were both looking for which is like basic it's almost exclusively men but like men in desperation in the tundra Yes, is. exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's actually um, quite difficult to pin down. It is like people, people who are out of their element. That's a big part of it. Like not people who know, again, who know how to survive or tackle the hurdles that this climate throws at them, but people who are out of their element um, in these situations. I really had to really uh force myself to not watch cliffhanger a movie that I love (laughs) so much (laughs) which is actually just a heist movie it's just an action thriller but part of what makes it thrilling is that it's there's mountain climbing in it and it's very exciting but um it's not I can't call it a survival movie (laughs) that'll be for when we do the specifically mountain climbing movie and there's always going to be a little bit of survival, a survival element of in there, course. but that's not like the main thrust. Yeah, uh, exactly. And we're coming at this from a, a survivalism point of view. Exactly. So Jenny, tell me, did you find success? Tell me about something that you watch. Well, I watched quite a few things. <laughs> um, and I would say I had like probably 50-50 hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I'm going to start, well, what am I going to start with? I'm going to start with um, actually the movie that I watched most recently, which was, um, sorry, (laughs) like, why did I watch this? I watched a movie from 2015 called Everest. Have you seen that one? Oh, yes, I have, Jenny. (laughs) That's the thing is I've seen a lot of these movies. really debating whether to bring it up or not but I'm like how else am I gonna just get into this bring it to the the surface I we have a little extra time because I entirely forgot to ask you what you've been watching lately I mean literally it's it's these things so it's fine (laughs) I know I know I'm so sorry don't be don't be sorry um Uh, it's perfect because actually the thing I was gonna mention kind of falls into the category but is like almost an insensitive um reading of it so I'm going to save it for later so that's why I'm just going to start with Everest I'm just going to like get the ball rolling Everest it's a movie from 2015 it's like a big budget it's an ensemble cast full of a bunch of famous people and it's um it's about the real life expedition to climb to the top of Mount Everest in 1996 uh where a bunch of people died unfortunately very sadly um it stars Josh Brolin it's got Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, it has wildly Kieran Knightley's in it for five minutes with an insane Australian accent. <laughs> it's got that guy with the lips. He's is that a... the main guy? <laughs> Does like he Joel have the... Edgerton or something? Like, I think he's in, I think he's in, um, Joel Edgerton know. is not in this film. <laughs> There is is the guy, so there's the kind of the main guy is played um, by an Australian actor called Jason Clark, who I didn't really recognize. Is that who you're thinking of? He's got like those thin little lips. So he's mostly has, he's mostly wearing a beard (laughs) is what I was about to say. (laughs) 
he's mostly wearing wearing a belt a beard in this film um (laughs) and he actually kind of looks like Wyatt Russell to me yeah with the beard um yeah but then and there's also who I thought maybe you were talking about because of the lips for some reason there's also the guy who oh his name is John Hawks and he um yeah I like that actor I like that guy too he's really he's like little and squirrely and he like reminds me of Robert Carlyle absolutely Um, he's got such Robert Carlyle energy yeah Yeah. I was like oh who's oh who are you and then I looked him up on IMDb and he's he's the like cult the head of the cult and Martha Marcy May Marlene and I was like of course yeah exactly he always (laughs) pops up in cool weird stuff yeah I like him but so it's the other really weird thing about this movie which they tell you very early on uh John Krakauer who wrote Into the Wild and um uh Into Thin Air which is kind of what it's Into Thin Air is about the same events that this movie is about Mm -hmm. um he plays himself in the movie and like this weird piece of stunt casting that's like so bizarre where they they like introduce him really early on one of the characters is like oh yeah we have this journalist here to like talk to follow our journey and see what's going on on the mountain and it's John Krakauer and it's actually him that's <laughs> so bizarre weird because he's also playing himself 20 years in the past so I'm like you what I don't this doesn't make any sense to me can you imagine if they put him in young makeup I know <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a little Botox yeah. for the verisimilitude and oh I, my god I also thought about rewatching this because I actually saw it when it came out hmm. um so I remember almost nothing except that it was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I would say I started it with extremely low expectations. I was like, this movie is going to blow. It's not going to be Because <laughs> I'd also, I, this was coming off of watching a bunch of movies that were like, I don't, I'm not going to say they were bad because at least two of them were actually pretty good. But anyway, I just was, I was yeah. feeling very disappointed and not yeah. um, lively. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I threw mm-hmm. it on. And honestly, I was doing handwork while I was watching it, so that probably helped. It's entertaining. But by the end, I was like, this movie kind of goes off. <laughs> like, there's, I really enjoyed the, um, like, the final third is, like, pretty entertaining. The, the, it's kind of long. It's, like, a solid two hours. Um, it's exclusively just about these groups of people who are all, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's exactly what people do on Mount Everest. They hire these companies to get them to the summit. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, that was amazing! <laughs> oh, um, embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, these, so yeah, it's just people, you know, paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to have a company help them get to the top of Mount Everest. And this is just an event where there happened to be a lot of people doing it. Um, it happened to be during a storm, and so it went wrong, and people died. Um, and I think the actors all do pretty well. The fake Australian accents I don't love. I'd live without them. <laughs> yeah, it's at that point I'd rather somebody do that weird thing where they're like, I'm from Australia and speak with absolutely no accent. Right. Well, it's so weird because it's also like the the one really notable one is Kira Knightley, and it's just like that I know who she is. Like it's not <laughs> it's not convincing. No. Um but the you know, the, I mean, it's a totally, it's a fast paced, it's interesting. As a person who has like no interest whatsoever in climbing Mount Everest, I appreciated it <laughs> as like, <laughs> you know, a case study of the people who do want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the soundtrack's pretty good. It's got an original score by uh, Dario Marianelli, who's like, he just does, he usually does Joe Wright movies. So he does like, you know, a nice sweeping piano. Um, mm. And it's like perfect for, you know, this, this lovely Everest views, but you know, um, it's fine. It's fine. They, ha- they do <laughs> technically have to survive. They don't have to survive that long. Um, there's only one instance of frostbite, which is like, fine. Come on. We're- <laughs> I, I could do with more <laughs> personally, <laughs> although it is Josh Brolin and he like loses um, some of his cheek in his nose. And I was like, okay, Yuck. thank you. Yeah, yep, I'm sorry to be insensitive about it, but let me just tell you, sweet listeners, that will happen again. I know, I'm so sorry. sorry. This is this is definitely in a, one of our insensitive episodes. I'm but it's just, so sorry. It's just the way it's got to be. A lot we're, of the movies we're going to talk about are like loosely based on real things. It's actually really interesting. That was one of the first things I wrote in my notes is that it is a genre really rich with like, quote unquote, based on true events. 
yeah I, man <laughs> like yeah. so like like the terror also is kind of that alive yes um, it is there's another one that I watched that's based on a true story and same get yeah to it. It's, we probably watched the probably same watched one someone. let's be well, honest <laughs> yeah. um but anyway that's pretty much all I have to say about Everest frankly it's not available for streaming you have to rent it and I'm like you know if you're into that kind of movie it is like high budge it is totally entertaining like go for it but if it's I mean if you are thirsty for like an excellent movie I'd be like yeah you know it's fine it's fine you don't need to watch it yeah yeah um man you know what you could do instead is watch another terrible perfect movie I'm so sorry mom it's I know it's not really terrible but it is to (laughs) most people but we love it the movie Vertical Limit yeah (laughs) from the year 2000 that is steeped in the year 2000 energy including the fact that it stars um Chris O'Donnell Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh uh it's about climbing K2 and I just yeah it's full of um really incredible mountain climbing personalities you know yeah. it's got uh why my favorite texan bill paxton yeah <laughs> who's a mega millionaire uh who wants to climb to the top of k2 and he's climbed a bunch of mountains before and he goes up with teams and an accident happened on another mountain where he survived and He's a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, there, you know, there's a storm. They're still at base camp and they're going to, you know, start going up the mountain the next day. And the guys who know what they're doing, the the seasoned climbers are like, I don't know, Bill Paxton, there's a storm coming in. Like, we should be careful. <laughs> what did you think she was just going to pull up her skirt and pull her panties down? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. Ugh. <laughs> yeah uh but vertical limit's great I'm sorry that's just an aside actually that wasn't a movie that I watched for this. just like if you feel like watching Everest I would like to instead steer you to vertical yeah. limit also guess what way more survival happening in yeah it for longer. I know there's not that much survival in Everest I mean I think because they're trying to do, probably do a somewhat sensitive portrait of these people who died so yeah. it's you know, <laughs> you know? yeah Although at the end about- of the day, it's a big Hollywood movie. So how sensitive is it? Exactly. You could just go with Vertical Limit, which is based on absolutely nothing. And because it's the year 2000, it's full of nitroglycerin. <laughs> like all this, like, yes. Unnecessary action. It's so good. Uh, amazing. Wait, do you want to say at the same time the movie that I think we both watched? I don't know. Because now I'm like, you probably didn't watch it. It was I didn't finish it because it wasn't very good. I know this wasn't very good either. Vertical and it's the best out of any of the things this I could is, have watched. Well, the, also the other one, it's not a mountain movie. So that's why I don't think it's the same one. But you, you just say it. Um, okay, so I watched The Way Back. Oh my God, it was The Way Back. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I know it was. I could feel it. <laughs> well, I just like really didn't. I don't know. I really was like, I don't know why Amanda would watch this terrible movie. Yeah, maybe, no, no. Maybe you liked it, it. I don't know. No, I didn't. It's it's sad. No, because okay, so folks, the way back from 2010. That sorry. Uh, oh, by the way, Jenny, where is Everest streaming before we totally move on? You have to rent it. So I rented it from YouTube. Um, honestly, you know, if you want to do it, but I wouldn't recommend. It. <laughs> um, Vertical Limit is also not streaming for free anywhere. You have to buy it somewhere. The the way back though is um, streaming on Pluto and Tubi for free. It's, it's also on Prime on Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. That. Uh, so the way back is from 2010, and it's actually a Peter Weir movie. Um, who we both love. He's an Australian director who's done a lot of really great movies. Um, and this was based on a true story. I have in my notes like <laughs> written down because. I can't help myself. I always start reading the real story. And then I'm like, well, I wish you just made it up. (laughs) Okay. The way back is about a group of men who escape from a gulag in Siberia. Uh, This is sorry. This is during uh, World War II and Germany is invading from uh, the West. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> I really got turned around, <laughs> almost like I was lost. Uh, <laughs> Germany's invading from the West, Russia's invading from the East, and or the Soviet Union. Um, and so they are trying to escape uh, communist Russia, uh, the Soviet Union, <laughs> to the <laughs> South. They're trying to get to India or, you know, um, I forget where they're trying to get to, but they end up in Mongolia, India. I think. Yes, exactly. And then they find that Mongolia is also communist. Um, and so they keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we must keep going. We have to keep going. So um, it's, it's, it's exciting. The survival is, could be exciting because they're, they start in Siberia and then, uh-oh, bonus, desert survival. They have to cross the Gobi Desert and then they have to go into the Himalayas but it was actually really flat. It's so boring, dude. I only watched the first hour. I did not finish it. I watched the whole thing. And guess what? Like they get to Tibet. Obviously Tibetans are really nice. Uh, (laughs) They meet some Tibetans in the Himalayas who are like, yeah, we'll tell you where to go. Um, And then they just kind of breeze over all of the Himalayas. I found the pacing of this movie to be so crazy like it nothing happens and yet they pass over information so quickly like Mm -hmm. it's so there's like this main group of character characters who all escape the gulag together and they're like traveling to try and get out and that's like the survival element but never do any of them have any like meaningful conversations or connections with each other you don't see them like hunting you don't see them like i know trying Uh, to do anything at all like it's literally just scenes of them walking over and over again but nobody has mm -hmm. a conversation during it like it's so wild to me that you spent this much time with these characters and you know nothing about them um which is not helped by the main character is played by jim sturgis who i find to be like just a black hole of charisma like he's so (laughs) i mean that's why he wasn't an it man for very long you know i find him to be like so unwatchable i'm so sorry don't tell him no don't tell jim that i agree with you i'm so sorry please nobody please nobody tell jim that we feel this way i know i'm so sorry jim but But it's just like he's he also has like a fake polish accent that he's doing the whole time which is brutal like the fake accents in this movie are terrible they're terrible and it's too bad because it's a stacked cast I mean aside from Jim Sturgis we have Ed Harris and Saoirse Ronan and Colin Farrell yeah (laughs) and uh, Mark Strong is also in it for a little bit like it's truly like a a, I was very I put it on being like this movie is gonna rule because it's by Peter Weir and it has this incredible cast and then I was no. so deeply disappointed. <laughs> I know. And it, it may have just suffered from a bad script. Like the, there was plenty of it that looked nice, you know, um, yeah. but it is. Um, yeah, there's just there's no there's no uh, purchase for me mm-hmm. for me to put my emotions into. Yeah. You know? um, uh, the reason I got upset, the reason I was like, why isn't this just a made up story? because. <laughs> While I'm watching it, I'm looking up the true story, which is extremely questioned. Like the guy, this, <laughs> the, the Jim Sturgis's character, the real person, um, you know, writes a book about this account. And then uh, uh, I guess, according to records from that time, he, it just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also I do, I will give him the benefit of the doubt, like record keeping during wartime, not really a thing. Very um, true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the way back. It's, I can see some people enjoying it. Um, but it is, there's some good effects. Like when Mm -hmm. they, when they're walking through the desert, which is actually the desert section of it has the most intriguing survival parts in it because you really see them struggle. Mm. Um, like their feet are swelling because they've walked so far. Um, yeah, uh, I think I have in my notes, um, everyone's feet are horrible and swollen and no one had socks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so. That uh, makes me want to maybe finish it. I like, I just found it to be so frustrating because it had so many elements that could be great, but it just, I, I think you're right. It was like a script problem and 
like that combined with the really distracting accents just made it so um like there's no emotional core to it at all for me so it's just like I don't like I don't care about what's happening (laughs) not interested yeah exactly um yeah it even though I finished it it just it was it was pretty sleepy it the movie felt almost as long as the journey that they took which was nice. four thousand miles so. <laughs> <Yeah>. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm not as good at surviving as them because I gave up did finish it it's like yep. it's not worth it to me no it's just again one of those movies where there's certain parts of the journey that they focus on and I'm like oh finally I get to mm-hmm. feel something and then they just like fast forward through a bunch more and I'm like I, whisk I, I, away what? Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's wild there there's also a scene I love this is like a such an, a weird aside but um I really love in movies where uh you have a character who needs to like use a straight razor to shave another one and it's like a real tense scene mm-hmm. that can happen and they almost do it and then they punk out and don't do it like some like um uh one of the I can't remember who one of the characters goes to like give Colin Farrell a shave with a straight razor and then he won't and I'm like why did you dangle that in front of me and then pull it away <laughs> I don't understand because that's a perfect um bonding moment instead of they use that moment to further develop the Colin Farrell character who's a Russian criminal to be like this guy's hard and he doesn't trust right. anybody and I'm like listen I've already been watching this movie for what an hour I know <laughs> yeah. that this guy is like that I know that brutal yeah I know that he's tough and brutal you don't need to show me another scene that further tells me that about his character how about you give me a scene where he's letting his guard down and actually making friends I know and wouldn't that be interesting (laughs) they didn't choose to do that they did not um can I tell you about a movie that I really liked that um please does involve the tundra in a in a in a much a different way actually um so this is the movie that I went to go see at the theater I I went oh. I did it I was a little scared but I went I went to TSL over the weekend um and I saw the Velvet Queen oh what's that which, so it's a documentary it is from 2021 but uh, I believe it's just screening in theaters now um it is a documentary uh about these two made by and about these two men who Uh, go out to the tundra in Tibet Mm -hmm. and they are nature observers basically like neither I don't I think one of them is a documentarian and the other one is just a guy who likes to go photograph uh, animals in nature there is a word for that but I can't think of what it is a nature photographer (laughs) it's a nature photographer (laughs) sorry there's a kitten nibbling on my hand while I'm talking so I'm like losing my train of thought instantly because she knows I'm about to talk about animals um (laughs) So they're both, it's these two French men who go out uh, basically in pursuit of seeing a snow leopard, oh, which is wow. super rare and it's like really rare, super difficult to photograph or find footage of. Um, and let me look up their names because I feel like that's important. <laughs> that sounds already great. Um, it's really beautiful. It's like a beautiful film. It's about an hour and a half, really tight. And it's almost exclusively just these two guys like hanging out in the tundra um one of them narrates uh his name is Sylvain Tesson um Mm. and he is following this guy Vincent Mounier who is like famously a a photographer who um uses like the blind technique meaning like Uh that he like sets up a blind and then stays there for days and days and days until he like becomes one with the environment and animals cease to notice him um and so it's it's just like very lovely it's really beautiful the two of them are just like um you know really truly meditating with nature in this like stunning expanse that Mm. of of a a place that almost like looks very dead upon first glance because everything's so like gray and windswept but then because they're spending so much time there and you're really getting all of this footage and yeah. like it, lingering on it you see all of these colors start to emerge and all of these animals start to emerge that are there all the time but in our own life we you know we're passing through so fast that you don't notice them <laughs> that's uh, like that's very much the vibe of the oh, documentary beautiful yeah it's yeah. stunning it's really beautiful um 
And it's just like really nice. I mean, they definitely, they get a little bit in their own heads about it in some ways because like they just, there's a couple of lines that the, that the narrator says where you're like, okay, pal, like, you're definitely like, <laughs> you're really feeling it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really lovely. It's like very beautiful. Um, and it's like, to me, I, I wanted to go see it because I heard it was good, but also it does, it has a, a winter survival edge in the sense that it's about these animals surviving in this environment that seems so harsh to us, mm-hmm. but to them, it is just the way that it is. And I don't know. I just found it really lovely. It's just yeah, really nice. That sounds absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the opening scene of Vertical Limit, Chris O'Donnell, main character, is photographing a snow leopard. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to tie that in. <laughs> yeah, no, as you must. Um, but it's still playing a couple places. I know I'm pretty sure it's at Upstate. It's at TSL still. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in that, it's just like really lovely. It has um, also an original score by Warren Ellis and Nick Cave. Um, and it's just really nice. It's just a really nice movie. Really nice. enjoyed it. That sounds gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I watched one other hunk of junk. Yeah, tell me. Um, <laughs> I want, and uh, again, I'm sorry, mom. I I bet you love this movie. I think <laughs> I've heard you say it before. Um, I watched 1997's The Edge, starring um, Anthony Hopkins and oh my gosh, why can't I think of Alec Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and actually Harold Perrineau, who we love, but um, he's unfortunately not in it for very long. So The Edge is about a millionaire, Anthony Hopkins, and his model wife. Um, and Alec Baldwin is a fashion photographer, and Harold Perrineau is his assistant. And this whole crew are taking a small private plane up to Alaska for um, Anthony Hopkins's wife to be in a photo shoot. Uh, and Anthony Hopkins, I think, <laughs> I think they're trying to make me think that he's like a cool millionaire, one of those like chill mm. guys where he's he's actually quite reserved and very polite, um, and he loves to read. He just wants to read, and he loves facts. He's kind of like a little bit. Uh, he he is he has a little bit of a lack of a social skills mm-hmm. there like mm-hmm. he he just really loves to tell people facts <laughs> um you know and yeah i mean nice millionaire sure it's fiction so you know, <laughs> it's, there. it's harder to get away with that these days than it was it then is, it is and also like anthony hopkins is like very charming and I'm yeah like, okay you're the sweet old man um but uh, they are looking for a local man to be in the photo shoot. Um, they're staying up at this Alaskan lodge. And, uh, well, to set the scene a little bit more before we really get into it, Anthony Hopkins is seeing a lot of flirtation between his hot young wife and Alec Baldwin. And they take the little private plane to go find this local man who they want in the photo shoot. And a flock of geese rams into the front of the plane and the plane crashes and they are lost in the Alaskan wilderness. Oh no. So it's exactly what we were looking for <laughs> genre wise. Um, it is also just really boring and the pacing of it is weird. It's written by famous playwright, David Mamet, the screenplay. I only know he's famous because my, one of my best friends from college was a theater major and she, she loves David Mamet. <laughs> I know his name, um, but I don't know why. It sounds really familiar. I think he's written a lot of stuff. Um, and in some ways, the the way that it is paced or the way that the dialogue stands out kind of awkwardly in certain scenes makes me see how it, it could be written by a playwright. Mm. Um, basically, what's revealed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> They're trying to survive. Anthony Hopkins is good at it because he reads a lot and <laughs> he loves reading about this stuff. Nerds and they're roll. also being, I can't believe I forgot this. I'm sorry. Excuse me for being a little fragmented. They're being stalked by a Kodiak bear 
who has a thirst for man flesh. And of course, it's played by none other than Bart the Bear. Bart the Bear. Bart the Bear. Hollywood's favorite bear. I know. We love you, Bart. Yeah. Um, so Bart the Bear is there, which is great. That's my first note is Bart the Bear is here. So, you know, they're being stalked by the bear. Unfortunately, Harold Perrineau is killed by the bear, even though he's the only person I want to hang out with in the movie. <laughs> um, but what is revealed through their trek, trying to get back to civilization and trying to survive on the way, is that uh, Alec Baldwin has indeed been having an affair with Anthony Hopkins's wife. And uh, Alec Baldwin did want to try to kill Anthony Hopkins to take his wife and his money. Classic. Uh, (laughs) Classic Alec Baldwin in a movie. I know. Uh, I mean, the actors are all really good. You know, Alec Baldwin is very snaky. I mean, he he's right before their plane goes down, he says something like kind of weird and smarmy about Anthony Hopkins' wife. And Anthony Hopkins is like, so when are you planning to kill me? And then the plane (laughs) crashes. Um, so there, there are some fun, there's some fun dialogue and some, you know, because they're both very decent actors, there are some good scenes, but the scenes that are good really have nothing to do with the survival. They just have to do with the tension between these two characters. And I get like, you know, Hey, survival situations, great, great way to create relationships that are compelling for the screen. Uh, but all of this stuff about the survival in it, it was just total like Hollywood nonsense. Like, Mm. you know, okay. Spoiler alert. They finally kill the bear, right? There's nothing else to do because otherwise this bear is just going to get them. And then the next scene they're wearing bear fur coats. And I'm like, how (laughs) did you sew that? that? They, (laughs) They explain away plenty of it because again, uh, um, Anthony Hopkins is very well read and loves to learn about this stuff. And he's kind of oddly in his element now that he has the chance to flex mm-hmm. all this knowledge. Um, but they don't do it for a lot of it. And yeah, especially like, even if I'm supposed to assume Anthony Hopkins knows this stuff, show me him doing it. Right. Like, totally. Show me him fashioning a needle. Like that I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Show me him skinning the bear. (laughs) Literally, that's... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have... My notes for this are very short. um, And one of them is, I don't believe these dudes knew how to skin that bear with a little pocket knife and cure the hides. They certainly didn't. (laughs) Because they're like soft, wearable leathers. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, So there was definitely a lot of Hollywood BS. Um. <laughs> it's real. I, it's funny because this is such a rich like genre, and there are a zillion movies that kind of include a little piece of it, but none really like lean into it fully. Except for, I didn't rewatch it, but I have seen it. The movie Arctic, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Which did you watch I, that? I did not watch it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I just figured you would talk about it. <laughs> I, I like thought about it, but I didn't rewatch it because I saw it in the theater. It's from 2018, I think. I'm just going to talk about it a little bit just for context, but it's yeah, like, please, it's a movie. Honestly, I don't remember it super well. I probably could do with a rewatch. Um, basically, Mads Mikkelsen crashes an airplane, I think, in the Arctic Circle and has mm. to survive. And um, somebody tries to come and rescue him and they also crash and he has to survive and take care of them. And it's mm. like pretty much the pinnacle of this genre in the sense that he just kind of has to figure out every single little thing. Like he has to feed himself, like he fishes and he has to, you know, create a shelter and he has to, I think he's also stalked by a polar bear at some point. Like there, yeah. it has all of those pieces and That's it actually- all I want to see. Just give me that. Works really well. And I'm like, why is this the only one? <laughs> and I that's yeah that's all I I want to see yeah and I I did really like it it felt um like honestly not that memorable which is kind of a shame I should probably rewatch it because I don't remember it that well I remember like finishing it and being like yeah that that was entertaining but it didn't Mm -hmm. like wow me by any stretch of the imagination despite it being (laughs) exactly what we're looking for so I'm like where where are the good winter survival movies where Where, are they where are they because that's like Exactly what you said. Um, 
is what I want. And then in addition to that, I, I want to really feel the cold. Yes. So many of these movies, I can't feel the cold. I want to feel horribly cold. Yeah. I want Um, to like have a shiver run down my spine as I'm watching it. Yeah. Honestly, the other, like, this is also just once again, making me think of the terror, like a truly perfect uh, show and, and no winter survival lens also. Yeah, exactly. I can feel the cold in the thing, you know, yeah, those are, totally. like, but in some of these goofy movies, <laughs> I, you know, nobody looks cold. No, they really what? don't. They're all very glitzy. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot of beef. We're still I looking know. for the perfect one. Um, I know, it, it's obviously a thing that we both really enjoy. So yeah, there's <sighs> a lot that I, that I uh, didn't get to. There's a couple that I'm I'm curious about they might be the one there was one called Antarctic Journal from 2005 that was actually written by Bong Joon-ho oh Forget the name of the director he was one of several writers the movie is not well reviewed mm. but um I am curious about it because it's about um a group of Korean explorers South Korean explorers who uh, get stuck in the Arctic and experience a similar things as those on the terror mm, interesting <laughs> um, yeah so uh I'm curious there's you know there's a lot out there we can there's never get to them all gosh darn I know. it it's really true I did I'm gonna tell you about the worst movie I watched yes please. Um, <laughs> I watched centigrade <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that one um yeah let me let me save you the hour and a half <laughs> Oh, did I I may not even have written it down in my notes you know I absolutely didn't I didn't write it down because I was like I'm not going to talk about it but now that we're like going down this avenue oh, I'm like yeah tell me like, you have to it's really bad I watched it last night it's from 2020 which seems so crazy to me it's a survival movie much in the style of like open water or that movie Frozen that I think we talked about once long yes, ago. Yes, that is another winter survival movie that is really bad that I've seen. <laughs> yes. not, so, not Disney's Frozen. Uh, no. Frozen. <laughs> Frozen. About the people trapped on the ski lift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Centigrade is about a couple. They're driving through Norway because it's a, it's a man and wife. The wife is a writer and she's on a book tour. and She's going around Europe, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're in Norway. The movie begins as they wake up inside of their car under feet of snow. How Uh-oh. many feet? It's kind of only like two or three. It's not that many feet of snow, <laughs> frankly. However, they were driving the night before looking for a place to stay, but a blizzard rolled in and the husband decided to pull over and they both fell fall asleep. And the storm rages on and they get buried in the snow. And therein follows an hour and a half once again based on a true story which I'm like yeah I've heard about the true story (laughs) I should have looked it up because I'm it's just it's truly wild to me um I can't I must imagine that the actual real events were different than these ones because this is just so it was truly wild it's the, so part of the problem with several of these movies <laughs> is that when you have only one or two people trying to survive a difficult situation and it's just that one or two people for an hour or two, yeah. they really need to be interesting. They really <laughs> do, which is exactly what Frozen is as well. Yeah, like, and they really need to be compelling. Yeah. And they just simply aren't they no. simply are the most boring awful people they like hate each other they're just like fighting the whole time they're trapped in this car for I think the last day is like t- day 25 or something they're in a mm. car for 25 days and they just don't try to escape really they just That's like don't try they don't try to so get out boring. it's so insane and I'm like like a plow comes by like it is a very I understand like the conceit is that 
it's this couple they're like in the middle of nowhere in Norway so even if they did make it out what are they going to do wander around for days and days and yeah like, yes yes like literally yes there's nobody's going to come find you you have to go you're buried and so no one knows oh you're there God. just dig a tunnel out God. <laughs> it's unbelievable like on day one when the snow is fluffy why didn't you do it it's so oh, insane God. which like, I understand that it's like it's so foolish and it's like I mean it's just a fool's errand to try and be like why didn't you do this differently you person character in this movie but it just like there is no compelling drama like the only it's the two of them fighting that's the drama and then the other drama is that the woman is pregnant and therefore she must obviously go into labor while they're in the car so so she goes into labor and gives birth to the baby and it's like, it's just, I'm going to spoil centigrade for you. It's Do very it. bad and boring. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> she gives birth to the baby. They do not eat the placenta. And I'm like, That's why? Insane. Why would you not eat the placenta? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I do not understand. And then a couple days go by. The baby is crying all the time because it's cold and hungry. And instead of like swaddling the baby next to their skin, which is like would be so much easier and would be better for both of you, the husband takes off his coat and wraps it around the baby and then he dies because he's too cold. And I'm just like, oh my God. What is so insane? I will say eventually <sighs> the the woman does eat some of the placenta eventually after days after days and days and and now like, that's what? gross it is that's so gross. gross you I'm left like, I mean I guess it's like a fridge though and it like, is I mean it's cold so it's fine but it is just like I cannot believe that you you were already going more than two weeks without food yeah. and it's not until like the third week that you're like well my baby's dying and I'm also dying guess I'll eat my placenta and I'm just like literally you have not an ounce of survivalism in you I cannot believe that uh, and sometimes that happens to people you know what I gotta say Frozen sounds more compelling uh (laughs) I know I'm like kind of interested I've never seen Frozen I remember I feel like you talked about it once I did I definitely did and I forget why but yeah it came up for some reason equally uncharismatic dumb like 20 somethings get stuck on a ski lift because they try to go for one last run when they shouldn't have at the ski mountain that's going to shut down for the week and it's going to be a long week and then a blizzard rolls in and there's wolves <laughs> but yeah, like it's like way gory it's it's a little more fun it's really boring it's really bad but there are some good moments and yeah. I can feel cold in that movie I will yeah. say because people I, are getting frostbite and it's really gross yeah centigrade is like they're inside of a car the whole time doesn't feel that uncomfortable like they're hungry that's like the thing that is really the problem for them is that they're hungry and uncomfortable and she's pregnant and I'm just like I don't what are we doing (laughs) yeah nobody's getting frostbite there's no external conflict whatsoever they're like not trying to get out of the car I'm just like I don't what are we doing that's so weird that's so weird but anyway do they all die no she makes it out she eventually eventually on day like 25 or something she gets with desperate the baby? with the baby and she hears I think she Ugh, hears another ridiculous. car go by and she like digs a hole out of the window because there's there's not that much snow it's not it's so insane like yes the car That's is so covered but it's like just go they also have a sunroof I'm like go through the sunroof what are you doing wild yeah um, I mean I personally would say go through the side so nothing I mean, falls down into the car absolutely but if you're gonna I mean they just yeah. had a lot of options and they didn't take any of them <laughs> Uh, and so she eventually climbs out and then like in her weakened state walks an unclear amount of distance but finds a house like she like not that far she finds people (laughs) like dude Uh, anyway centigrade not worth watching whatsoever it did not give me any survivalism nobody's toes fell off it just (laughs) I can't believe it Um, I I mean I I knew it was going to be bad but I still was like well maybe I don't know who knows um Mm. Oh, frozen's yeah. better I mean people's like you can see them start it their their digits starting to die it's great right. like that's yeah. what I'm here for I want to be like really uncomfortable and kind of grossed out yeah you should probably watch frozen and prepare to watch also frozen. watch a bad movie but that has more chilly horror right it. that's 
that's why I, I mean honestly that's why I threw it on because I was like this is gonna be bad but at least it'll be entertaining and unfortunately it was not <laughs> oh man <laughs> but you know what can you do that's what winter survival you for you this is I mean this was our own <laughs> our own uh survival problem that we exactly. had to solve exactly <laughs> we had to survive watching a bunch of kind of bad movies yep uh speaking of frozen is from 2010 and it's streaming for free on youtube pluto and tubi and amazon prime <laughs> centigrade is on hulu but don't watch it don't <laughs> no. you know what? it's don't. been on my list forever on hulu and i'm so excited to get off the the radio and then take it off my list <laughs> remove it it doesn't need to be there <laughs> um i I guess we don't, we kind of have run out of time, but I only watched one really good movie and it was a 1992 PBS documentary about the Donner Party um, made by <laughs> not Ken Burns, but Rick Burns, Ken Burns's brother. <laughs> I'm not so making much. a joke. <laughs> uh, it was really, really good. I could feel the cold. That event in American history was very very horrible um I'm just gonna leave you with okay can I the the Donner Party was made up of many many families but the two main families were the Donner Party and the Reed family uh pretty much all the Donner Party died except for two kids and a lot of the Reeds made it out and I'm just gonna leave you aside from telling you to watch this movie it's on Amazon it's really good um Virginia Reed in a letter to her cousin after she survived this horrible ordeal said never take no cutoffs and hurry along as fast as you can and I love that yes. so much oh, yeah. oh my god I know I'm yes. dying to watch this I really sh as like as soon as uh here's let me pull back the curtain a little bit Amanda did mention to me that she watched this documentary very mm -hmm. briefly uh I really thought about watching it but I decided not to for you know for the integrity of the show <laughs> <laughs> um and I am probably gonna watch it tonight because it sounds so fun it's and, really good yeah the Donner Party is so tragic and so fascinating it really is it um I, you know, I think obviously just like any documentary about a historical event um, that was made in the past, they've probably since like found more information about it um, since 1992 when this movie was made, but it's still got the basic stuff. Um, you can do some supplemental reading, even just on the Wikipedia, but um, it's really good. It was really good. Very good survival. <laughs> Has Rick Burns made any other documentaries or has he left that game to oh, his brother? Wow. <laughs> you know, the Burns really? brothers. I did not even do Rick Burns justice and look that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like he did most of his in the early aughts. Mm, interesting. Um, and he has collaborated with his brother. He collaborated um, uh, with Ken Burns on the Civil War documentary mm. series which is that makes great sense. yeah um but yeah it looks like it's also oh you did one in 91 about coney island that's probably fun oh that is probably fun interesting wow i love you just love to see that run in the family yeah he did one about <laughs> nantucket and whaling whoa okay okay rick okay rick <laughs> okay rick burns hey, rick move burns. over move over ken yeah <laughs> i want to see your brother with also funny hair because he does you look a up a picture he's got he's he has that male pattern baldness where right um at the top of his head there's a little island of hair and he combs <laughs> it down in front he's a little tonsure <laughs> so good like oh little stick-on bangs yeah. so <laughs> oh my god thank you yeah. so much to the burns brothers for all they've given us and they really do just give and give i love them so much um <laughs> Oh, yeah really good uh never take no cutoffs out there folks um, no you've been listening to dim the lights with jenny and amanda and don't you ever forget it don't you ever forget it now jenny uh well in the remaining few dwindling minutes of our show i want to ask you uh what is one tool or thing you could take you would take with you if you are uh surviving in a winter frozen climate Horrible really, frozen climate. <laughs> really good question. I think it's got to be some kind of fire starter. 
know. I think it's got to be. It's like I'm between that and a knife, but I feel like it's got to be some kind of fire starter because I'm not good with flint. I've never tried, but I don't think I could do it. (laughs) Well, in the movie The Edge, uh, Anthony Hopkins says that you can fashion a lens out of ice by melting it down and then use it with the sun (laughs) to fire. No, I just don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) So, you know, I don't need a flint because I know how to do that now. (laughs) Surely it would just melt. (laughs) Well, I just also, a lens is a really specific thickness. Yeah. That I don't know. (laughs) Anthony, (laughs) so wait, what, what item would you bring? I probably a flint. I thought about a receptacle with which to boil water. Mm. Um, you know, it's a good idea too. Because that is yeah. also really important. Uh, I, so I actually might do knife or pot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. That's I'm kind of like I'm between a fire, some kind of fire starter, like a flint or a knife, so that I could, if I really needed to, I could whittle myself a bowl of some kind. <laughs> You know? Yeah, but then how are you gonna boil that bowl, dude? You gotta boil the water so you well, can it's, it's yeah, safe it's, for consumption. 